So, you slept in. Hey, we're not judging. Sometimes you just need to get those E's. And if you do need to snooze, we'd much rather you did that at home in a warm, comfortable bed than in our pews. You can always catch up with the sermon later, right here on this Sunday Morning Sleep In podcast. Now, you'll still miss out on some things we think are pretty important about attending church, like community and actually seeing people who care about you and are glad to see you, and cute kids and inspiring music. And we won't be able to give you cookies or coffee, but we'll give you what we can. I'm Chris Marshall. And I'm Susan Foster. And we are United Methodist Pastors in Reno, Nevada. We're not perfect preachers or homiletical harbingers of a new age. We're your average pastors helping our congregations think through life's big questions every week. Now, we started this podcast so that if you're away from home or working or just sleeping in, you can keep up with some of the ideas floating around the church. Each episode is a conversational version of a sermon one of us gave on Sunday, and in this case, both of us gave on (laughs) Sunday. So whatever day it is when you're listening to this, we just ask that you would keep an open mind and an open heart. And we're serious about that open mind thing. We don't expect or desire that you agree with everything we say, but we do want you to figure out what you think. And our sincere hope is that you will experience the mysterious loving force in the world we know as God moving in your life as you consider this. So Susan, the headline that we all woke up to on the Sunday that we shared this sermon was that there had been a second mass shooting in 24 hours. In fact, there have been 295 mass shootings this year. There have only been 210 days in the year. Um, And I admit that when the mass shooting happened in El Paso in the morning, and then the afternoon came through with a text message that another one had happened in Ohio, I had already forgotten that not a week before there had been one much closer to home in Gilroy, where a good friend of ours, pastors, actually, um, Anthony's about 10 minutes away from Gilroy, and he's over there all the time uh, at the Garlic Festival, which is something that is kind of famous in California. And so, um, you know, this has become one of those things in our national culture that we notice and then forget because it happens over and over and over again. And it feels a little bit like we're beating our head against the same brick wall with the same result. Amen. And so as we're doing this sermon series that we're in the middle of on addiction, we recognize that we we don't just have individual addictions and they're not all visible. We also have national addictions to Mm. things like our own entitlement, amen, our own violence. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the addictions that Richard Rohr puts out very early on is our addiction to oil, which means, of course, our addiction to war. Yep. We are addicted to not taking anything away from anybody who doesn't want to have it taken away, which means we keep beating our head against the same wall with the same result. So this step, step 10 today, speaks to that. Yep. Speaks to that ongoing process that we have. Just because we've kind of worked on something once doesn't mean we're good forever. Right. And in Methodism, actually, we have a word for this. It's called backsliding. (laughs) So... Uh, It's not a once and done, saved for all time. Salvation is an ongoing process that we enter into to live healthy, holistic lives connected to loving community. And so step 10 speaks to this ongoing work. Yeah. Yeah. So so steps one through three are really about remembering who and whose we are. Yep. Right? That we can be flawed, that we sometimes try to substitute things in for God that doesn't work. And that we can trust God. That's steps one through three. Right. And then steps four, five, and six are about about working on on that stuff. 
Mm-hmm. Right. It's, it's identifying and beginning the process by which we can come into wholeness and healing. Yeah. The way Richard Rohr talks about it in this chapter is how have we forgotten who we are? Oh, yeah. So if who we are is good, if who we are are children of God, then the mistakes that we make, the failures that we have are not reflections of our truest nature. They're things that happen, things that we choose, but they're not who we are. And so how have we forgotten who we are? And then steps seven through nine, how do we start to heal? How do we start to recover right. who we are? Yeah, you know, where we need to, you know, you know, make those lists about where we have been broken and where we have broken relationship and, and figure out ways to make amends. Mm-hmm. Um, all of that is tied up in, that, in those steps. And then today's step and the next two steps after this, the last three steps are really about how do we mature? How do we do mm-hmm. better? And how do we maintain? And how do we maintain? Right. So, uh, so today's step is we continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, we promptly admitted it. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I joked with my congregation that if step nine was the most famous, step 10 is the most overlooked. Of course. Right. Because, because once and done, right? Once like, and done. I used to be addicted to that thing. I'm not addicted, addicted to that thing anymore. anymore. I can, I could, I could have a beer. I told my congregation there's two dangers with this step. The first danger is not taking it seriously enough, which is where we end up sort of backsliding. Right. We mm-hmm. we nibble our way lost like sheep. Right. We don't mm-hmm. decide to fall off the wagon, but we fall off all the same. Right. We find ourselves three steps behind where we started last time. So the first danger is not taking it seriously right. enough. And the second danger is taking it too seriously. Mm-hmm. And, and then we, we just look at our ballot buttons and keep going, I'm an awful person and I can never do it. And yeah, we get hypercritical instead mm-hmm. of recognizing that this is not about the mistakes, but about becoming who we are called to be. Vision logic is what Richard Rohr calls it. Having something that pulls us forward rather than getting stuck in the places that we failed in the past. And I really was, was struck by, um, you know, and and mentioned again, I think I've mentioned this obvious, this is one of my things, right? Like, like that this is, this is about not letting those tapes that we have in our head Mm -hmm. continue to push us in directions we don't want to go. Right. And that, that this kind of paying attention is how we are able to counteract those conversations. Right. Just because you spent a long time making the same mistake. Doesn't mean you need to keep making it. Doesn't mean you have to keep making it. And so right. how do you check yourself? How do you check in with yourself? So one of the tools that we've used to do this in uh, Christian heritage and Christian tradition is an examine of conscience. Mm-hmm. And uh, an examine of conscience is a pretty highly structured tool that you can find online if you just Google examine of conscience. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll find this tool. And the beauty of it is that it helps you check in on where you are. The danger of it, again, is that it can become a little bit about navel gazing. And so I do an adapted version of an examine of conscience that I'll share. And then Susan's going to talk about sort of the difference between conscience and consciousness. So the examine that I use, and I don't use this every day, but maybe every other day or a few times a week at least, as I'm settling down at the end of the day turned off my devices, uh, said goodnight to everybody in the household, tucked the puppy in, is really simple. It's two questions. And so it's one of those moments during the day when I felt the most connected, mm-hmm. the most joyful, the most peaceful, the most hopeful, and the most purposeful. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't spinning my wheels. When were those moments during the day? And I, and I just sit with those moments for a little while. Mm-hmm. And then I just say, thank you. Mm-hmm. Because those are moments when the Holy Spirit was present. Those are moments when um, I was living into who I'm called to be as a, as a resident of the kingdom, as a mm-hmm. daughter of God. 
Uh, and those are great. And then the second question is the same question, but in reverse. Where and when during the day did I feel the most isolated, mm-hmm. the most anxious, mm-hmm. the most despairing, um, the, the saddest, the most sorrowing, the angriest? When did I feel like I was spinning my wheels? There's a certain amount of that we all have to do anyway. It's called paperwork and bureaucracy. But yeah. Um, but there are other moments when we get to choose and we still end up spinning our wheels. So when were those moments for me? Mm-hmm. And then I say thank you for those too. <laughs> because that's also the Holy Spirit right. helping us to pay attention, not just um, to how we feel, but how we're responding and how we're making choices. Right. So we say thank you. And then... Most importantly, we say, oh, well, because <laughs> there's nothing we can do about it now. And so we, we just let it go. And hopefully it helps to guide us a little bit better the next day and the next right. day and the next day. And of course, if in that time you would discover like that you, uh, you, you reflect back and you realize that perhaps you made a mistake mm-hmm. that can be admitted to and make a difference. Right. In admitting to that, that's when you would do that. Like, mm-hmm. like it's not just like, oh, well, can't fix it. Can't fix it. Oh, well, I guess it doesn't matter if I hurt anybody. Right. right. No, it's, it's a way of saying, okay, this is, these are the things I need to do tomorrow. Right. To, to start the to-do list, both in the joys and in this, you know, in the concerns or whatever, however you want to label those. But so that, but then Richard Rohr makes the distinction between sort of an examine of conscience <laughs> and an examine of consciousness. So what's an examine of consciousness, Susan? Well, so how... As I read it and as I understood it, what the difference for me came, the examine of conscience is that idea that we have of, of how we perceive or categorize, maybe is a better word, you know, whether this was something we should have done or not done, mm-hmm. right? Or whether, like, like, like sort of black and white thinking. The Jiminy Cricket. The Jiminy Cricket. And um, standing on our shoulders saying, no, don't do that. Just as we go to do that and do the thing that we're not supposed to do, or we didn't want to do, we didn't set out to do. Mm-hmm. And consciousness puts us in the position where we are conscious of those decisions we're making. And we're conscious of, we're paying attention to how we're feeling about things, but also about where God might be moving in the midst of that. And we call this the Holy Spirit. Right. What, right? Are, the, what are the deepest values we're living into what, yeah. in this moment? And what are the deepest values and how are we holding those up and whether we're going to hold those up and be revealed as living into our identity as a child of God mm-hmm. or whether we're going to miss the boat completely and go off, you know, careening around. Um, I liked it when you said that the Holy Spirit seemed too good to be true, so we didn't believe it. Yeah, I thought like that, that was great. Jesus talks about this advocate or this witness who will help us have access to wisdom beyond even ourselves mm-hmm. and will teach us everything we need to know and will remind us of all the things that we need right. to remember. And we went, well, that's not true. true. So we just <laughs> didn't believe it. Right. And then Paul comes along later and says, hey, hey. y'all, you know those people who act like Christian who aren't Christian? It's because they're they listening to this thing. thing. Right. They have this consciousness, which is right. the thing that we are striving for. I also liked Richard Rohr's line about um, how we, we limit the spirits available working hours. We do. And the connection with with how um, organized religion has, has, in some cases, decided what is and what is not the Holy Spirit. Yeah, we, it seemed too From, nebulous to us. So we made a list of things that you should or shouldn't do. Right, or and ways that you could or could not receive it. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And, and that's not actually how it works. No, it's a way of checking out. It's a way of being mm-hmm. unconscious to right. who we are. It's a way of being unconscious right. to the world around us instead of waking up and going, oh, no, this is right. This is how this is actually working out. 
and when we're paying attention to that consciousness, um, when we're con- you know conscious of the consciousness, say that five times fast, but that's when we can view ourselves objectively, calmly, and compassionately. Like we mm-hmm. can have grace for ourselves, and we yeah. can also we can also tell ourselves, you know, that's not the best of who we can be. Yeah, um, and do that in a way where we don't even raise our own defenses, but we're able to move forward, and then we're able to do that for other people. Yeah, I saw an ad today on Instagram mm-hmm. for a T-shirt that said, "Be your okayest self." <laughs> And I sort of thought like, yeah, be your best self means that we're on all the time, but be your okay as self is a way of saying, you know, I, I'm not always going to be my best, but I can admit that. Right. I can pay attention to that. I can be a little bit more relaxed. Right. So that I can be more aware of it and less, less defensive about it. Yeah. Uh, And, and then I can actually be attuned to what's going on in this moment. Right. He went into this whole thing about evil. Yeah. In relationship to this. And I thought it was really powerful to think about how, as we're, what we're talking about is being, living into our inherent worth, mm-hmm. right? And that when we own our inherent worth and when we can clearly see it, where we're paying attention to the ways in which we are God's beloved, mm-hmm. that means that evil things, you know, that the brokenness of this world doesn't cause us to stumble. Yeah. In children's moment. Mm-hmm. I had only a few kids and real young ones and then Emmy. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I asked, I said, has anybody ever had a boo-boo? And we said boo-boo a lot in church on Sunday. Has anybody ever had a boo-boo? And somebody had one right then and they showed it to me. And <laughs> the congregation all raised their hands. They've all had boo-boos. And I said, okay, when you had your boo-boo, did you have to change your name to boo-boo? Mm-hmm. And they all went, no. And I went, oh, well, what happened? Well, first there's pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. pain. Mm-hmm. What happens next? Well, then you shout for help. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So then somebody comes and helps you. Yes. Then somebody comes and helps you. And then what happens? Then you heal. Right. Yes. Okay. Then you heal. Right. And then do you still have the boo-boo? And they're like, no. Like, so you get to keep your, your name. You get to be who you are. Right. So we talked about you are who you are. You are a beloved child of God. Jesus is an inclusive son of God who says you are the light of the world. And that is who we are. And the boo-boos don't define us. Right. And they heal. And it takes time. And sometimes it takes having some help. Yep. But that doesn't mean we don't acknowledge that there's harm. And right. so sometimes we can, trusting that there's healing, we can say, oh, you know what? I kind of messed that up. Right. I need to I need to do better at that. That's okay. Yeah. And then it's not everything you are. Right. You are not only your mistakes. Right. So to answer the, the title of the chapter that Richard Rohr uses, is, is, this, is this overkill? Yeah. And our answer is no. No. This is... <laughs> This is just the ongoing process Process. of being human. Human. So, yeah. Yeah. So, well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Sunday Morning Sleepin' podcast. If you have questions for us or stories that relate or things you want to let us know, comment on our website, uh, sundaymorningsleepin.com, or find us on social media like Facebook. And the scripture will be posted with this episode in the notes. And the music you're hearing is Take Me Higher by Jazzer. The end of a service or at the end of a podcast, it's traditional for us to offer a blessing, except we don't have any words that will make you any more a child of God than you already are. Amen. And there is absolutely nothing you can do and nothing anybody else can do to you that will make God love you less. So you have been blessed. You are blessed. The question is, how are you going to use that? So the thing I leave with my congregation every week is, how will you go out and love every person you meet? Even the ones you might think may may not deserve it, because God thinks they do. Amen? Amen. Amen.